Welcome to the Future of Medicine podcast, where we believe that feeling great and living a long time is possible and that your healthcare should help you get there. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Wenzel. My hope is simple, that this show will help you along your journey to becoming the healthiest, strongest, and most powerful version of you possible. Now, let's jump into the show. Hey everybody, before we jump into this episode, I just want to tell you, I, I cannot stress how important this concept is for so many people who struggle with um, internal dialogue, conflict, kindness with oneself. Um, I, I think this concept of parenting oneself is a really, really powerful and rich concept that um, as we dig into this more, we find more application and more beauty and more power with learning how to parent oneself. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Future of Medicine podcast. I am your host, Dr. Aaron Wenzel. I'm joined by Dr. Brian Hooper, dear friend of mine, psychotherapist, pastoral counselor, extraordinaire. Uh, and uh, we are really excited to be able to create this content where we're going to go a little bit deeper in a concept that he introduced to us in previous episodes, and that is parenting oneself. Um, it may not be what you think, but it's more than what you expect. Um, Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. It's always a pleasure. Um, I always walk away from our conversations um, excited, um, stimulated, and curious. And I, and I think those are good qualities. Um, Absolutely. Tell us about this concept of uh, parenting oneself and um, uh, just at a high level. Just introduce sure. us to Absolutely. this concept. Well, what I've noticed in doing psychotherapy is that so often what people are really in need of is the voice of an inner parent to help them uh, address their life issues. And it seems to me that there are a number of... Um, milestones in that process that somehow they did not internalize when they were growing up. So in other words, let me put it this way. If a parent does their job really well, um, then the child takes that and swallows it. And then it becomes alive in them and they begin to do it for themselves. Mm -hmm. If they do a halfway decent job, then the growing child into an adult will do a halfway decent job mm. of the same thing, but there may be parts of that that are missing. So a lot of what I do, although I don't seek to be a substitute parent, but I do seek to help introduce the skill set that they should have uh, integrated growing up, and in many cases just didn't. Yeah, you know, that's interesting because I have always noticed that either people are unable or um, unwilling to, to, to execute um, things that they were never given. It, it's almost like you can only give what you were given. Absolutely. And um, so that's in line with what you are seeing clinically. Absolutely. Um, is, 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 is helping them relearn or maybe for the first time notice a void in, in a way that they were parented 
which then helps them understand why maybe they have a struggle, which then gives them some kind of insight into how they can help themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they may not even be aware of the idea that, gee, I should have gotten this from mom and dad and I didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not my goal is to bring awareness to that. My goal is to bring awareness to what the deficit of the skill is mm-hmm. and then help them develop that. And so you say that these pillars uh, are, they begin with encouraging, uh, rescuing, comforting, gently correcting, and then celebrating. Um, and can, can you just quickly just expand a little bit on each, starting with what does it mean to encourage in the context of this conversation? So if we think of a small child, we, we do such things as encourage them to go out into you know, a limited uh, part of their world and explore it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we see that with, with uh, even, even infants who are simply in the crawling phase. It's like mom and dad are saying, okay, go, yeah, go, mm-hmm. go play with that. Go, go see the puppy, whatever. Um, and then so that encouragement, if it's internalized, then that's what gets us out of bed in the morning. Okay, Brian, get up, get going. The alarm clock rang 10 minutes ago. It's mm-hmm. time to get with it, right? Mm-hmm. So encouraged to go out into the world. Uh, rescue is, uh, is uh, recognizing when we put ourselves in a point to a point of danger. And that doesn't mean necessarily physical danger. It could be, you know, gee, I'm putting my job in danger if I take too long a lunch too often, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, to recognize mm-hmm. that. Uh, That's and, a great distinction. Yeah. Uh, so encouraged to go out in the world, rescue when we get too close to the precipice, uh, soothe, console, comfort. Those, mm-hmm. are, those are synonymous words because people get then all um, – emotionally dysregulated, okay? They begin to feel as if, uh uh-oh, my world's coming apart, and they get overwhelmed by the emotion that comes. From being rescued or needing rescue? Needing rescue, Uh right, yeah. And we need to to help normalize the process that, because we're all gonna venture out and come to a point where, "Mm, I guess I don't wanna make that kind of investment again. That wasn't a really Mm. wise choice, Mm. okay. That, that's fine. I'm fine, you know, and I have now, now I move on to the next step, which is the lovingly correct. And if a parent has done that well for me, then I can look at myself and say, okay, what did you learn from that lesson, Brian? And how do you want to do it differently, right? And then the, the celebrate And I don't think everything everybody does should be celebrated all the time. In other Mm -hmm. words, I'm not forgiving everybody a medal just because they woke up Wait, ninth place trophies aren't a good idea? (laughs) Ninth place trophies. That's a different episode. That's right. (laughs) But but I do think it's important that we say, hey, you know, I may have not done that perfectly, but I don't want to lose – don't want to lose track of – of my other attributes, the the rest of my skill set. I don't want to become a f- perfectionist that is hypercritical of myself. Mm-hmm. So just to restate, encourage, rescue when we get to a, a dangerous point, soothe, console, comfort ourselves when we get disturbed by that emotionally, lovingly correct ourselves, and then celebrate our own uniqueness. This is so good. I was just making some notes because uh, I want to squeeze in the, these two thoughts that um, this is how you know you're on something really good is when you, you're hearing a new concept and the, the more you, time you spend in it, 
the deeper it gets, the richer it gets. Yes. And, and I'm making Absolutely. interconnections the sure. deeper I go. Sure. I have always said, felt, shared, coached in in terms of all growth takes place at the edge. Yes. And so don't be afraid of the edge. Right. Um, and, 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 and when you go to the edge, you are likely going to experience the pains and need rescuing. And it's almost... In, as you were speaking and I was writing, I was saying, man, it's in this moment of being rescued that we ultimately assign a meaning to the experience, which for our future self go a long, goes a long way in dictating whether we're going to come to this edge again uh, at all or if we're going to come to it again with some learning with the idea of how we're going to expand our capacity, our ability, our capabilities. Um, and it's really fascinating to me as you see people who are stuck, mm-hmm. wherever they may be stuck, I wonder how much of that, um, you know, is just a consequence of either not appropriately being rescued, rescue, or comforting to where you, you assigned a negative not a non-empowering meaning to that experience. I won't go there again. I won't get hurt. I want you it, it's right. a, it it just is really yeah and I, I I love that you're bringing that up because just because we went to the edge and maybe stepped over a little bit doesn't mean we need to run back and never explore the horizon again yeah but some people have been taught the way they grew up oh that's terrible you know you you exposed yourself to some um, some danger uh, some risk Mm-hmm. Um, well, everything that's worth doing has some risk involved. When I explore the edges, that's where I learn, okay, h- how do I navigate that better? And some things, once navigated well, lose their risk, and I can go further. Yeah, and I always say uh, everything has risk, even of crossing course. the street. Of course. And you're always managing risk for benefit. Right. And But if you've determined that there is no benefit or it's not worth it, you will not take the necessary risk right. to cross the street exactly. or whatever. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And the end result of no risk taking is not moving. That's right. Which, by the way, has risk too. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Moving on to the next part of this uh, episode, I, I really would like to move into um, clinically, if, if someone is missing or has um, skipped or mo- moves around or passed, avoids a certain pillar here in the parenting process. Um, are there a couple of examples um, from your perspective clinically where we see consequences of this done, um, not done correctly, you know, parenting? Like yeah. where would someone suffer? Um, where might this manifest? Um, right. Yeah. So I'm thinking of a, a couple of different executives I'm working with right now. And uh, as, as always, I'll never you know, share any identifying information. But I'm just going to say two executives. Mm -hmm. They don't know each other, both of which have said, oh, I spend far too much time on one troubling employee, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, okay, well, let's trace that back. How is it that we're not just sort of expediting the process of, um, of correcting them and uh, and then waiting to see if they f- come through on the correction, and then making a decision: keep them or terminate them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's not a complicated 
uh, concept to mm-hmm. do that. But both have said that it's a place where they get stuck. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's probably because confrontation, well, in both cases, I'm thinking that um, confrontation is something that was highly discouraged or emotionally punished in the home where they grew up. They were always having to placate uh, people in order to survive, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, it's a situation in which um, they're having to encourage themselves to go to that place that's uncomfortable for them, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, in a sense, rescuing themselves by saying um, to not take action. It's their edge. Is, is right. Is mm-hmm. going to incur further problems for them and their companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they need to be able to console themselves by putting it in context and say, I'm fine. I'm taking one step at a time. Mm-hmm. I'm following the protocol. Somebody might not like the result, excuse me, result when it's over, but it's perfectly fine to take the action, to document, and ultimately, if need be, to terminate. So the the way that they overcome this inability to address conflict is they have to start with encouraging themselves. Right. Yeah. And then they may need to be rescued from a situation that's negative, uh, but they need to be comforted corrected, improved next time, you know, this and that, and then celebrate that you did whatever you did well, which leads us back into next time I'm going to be encouraged to do this a little bit better. Right, right. I just have a friend with a different situation I just thought of now. Uh, She's a consultant, um, and uh, she said, I know what you're going to tell me. She says, you're going to tell me this was just a learning lesson and to chalk it up and move on. And the situation was that she provides a service, but her client had different expectations of what the service would uh, include. And she wasn't specific about the the edges, the limitation Mm -hmm. of the service, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. she said, okay, I've already gone above and beyond what should be expected for this particular service that I offered, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, And she said, I don't suppose I can expect that to be recognized. And I said, no, because you you didn't set up the expectation. But now you have to fulfill the expectations of your client and what have you learned? She said, I'm creating a new form next time (laughs) with boxes to check off. So it's crystal clear what I do and do not promise. And so you're helping her gently correct. Gently correct yourself. Yes. And and I've just watched her in her business life uh, really move forward just in the last six months of us just being friends and sort of mutual accountability sure. partners in sure. our business, you know, and encouraging mm-hmm. each other. I've just watched her move so much forward. She's gotten more business because she has encouraged herself, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, this isn't that big a blow. It's like, yeah, well, you know, uh, uh, learn my lesson and move on. And so she's not down on herself, which is great. It's really great. Yeah. Where do you find, do, do you think it's possible to be a high level successful executive type? Um, and 
I guess I guess the question is, how would someone become? Is it a compensatory mechanism? Like, how would you be able to navigate to such a high level of accomplishment, and still have one of these glaring voids? Is it do you do you over-index in in one area? Do you do do you find that people will build teams around them in their weak spot where they're able to be, like for example, let's say someone isn't very good at encouraging because they were never encouraged, but yet by definition, in order to expand one's edge, the be- the process begins with being encouraged. Like, how are these people? getting around the the inability to encourage themselves if do you know what i mean so the people that i work with are are highly responsible individuals and they don't have trouble getting out of bed in the morning but they are super hard on themselves Mm -hmm. and in many cases suffer from an imposter syndrome Hmm. where the only person that's really criticizing them is themselves but they do that so well that they assume that the next shoe is going to drop Mm. and they're going to lose their position and it gets all catastrophized, right? So someplace the thing that seems to be missing more is not the motivation Mm -hmm. there, but the the consolation, right? Mm. That their ability to soothe themselves when they start getting really anxious. Yeah. So it's not really, you don't see clinically where a lot of people are struggling with the encouraging it may be more in the the sequence of things, a rescuing, comforting, correcting. Yes. Uh, and potentially even celebrating. I have a lot of people that I take care of, very, very successful folks, who they rarely celebrate wins. Mm-hmm. And it's rooted in perfectionism, and, mm-hmm. and it's rooted in this fact that, well, how could I celebrate? I still have more to do. And the punchline is they're never going to arrive. Like... They don't That's right. they they imprison their joy and they imprison their satisfaction and sense of accomplishment because they have an ever expanding list of things to do. Right. And this celebratory joy, I think we've done some content around the most elusive but yet most underrated emotion in the human experience is joy. It, as I experience true authentic joy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad you touched on that. Um, one of the things that people miss out on is staying in the process because they jump to the outcome. Mm-hmm. And so they're waiting to arrive in order to celebrate. And they never fully arrive because there's always the next thing. Well, we never do. But we don't. But we spend most of our time not stepping over thresholds. We spend most of our time journeying from one threshold to another. That's where our lives are happening, in the process, in the creating, in the planning, in the building, in Mm. the executing. Mm -hmm. You know, um, nobody pays you to just show up as a success. Mm -hmm. They pay you to do your work, right? And Mm -hmm. that's where the profit shares come from. So really, and this is a deeply spiritual issue, right, Mm -hmm. to help people be truly awake and what we're, we're going to do a whole—you don't know this—but we're going to do a whole <laughs> podcast sometime on what I call the pillars of spirituality. But let me just share the first one. 
First one, and spirituality is always about our deepest connection to our most authentic selves and to others in a sense of the all. Okay, mm-hmm. That's what spirituality is about at its core, and that transcends all religions. But the first pillar is to be awake, to be awake to what's going on inside of me, between me and you, and around me in the world, mm-hmm. right, to be awake. And so to help people to be awake to the goodness and the sweetness of life that's happening where? At the threshold? No. That's happening on the way from mm-hmm. one threshold mm-hmm. to another. To mm-hmm. not lose sight of the joy of raising a child or mm-hmm. or having a lover that you embrace, uh, of planning with your spouse, of looking forward to that yeah. vacation, all of these things. The journey, right? the process. The journey, the process, right? Who you become along the right. way. So I, I think that staying in that process and being awake to it and the depth of connection Mm-hmm. That's what fuels the encouragement to get out of bed, the self-rescue, the consolation, the loving correction of oneself, mm. and finally the celebration. Hey, we got that. We got that contract. Let's go celebrate it now tonight. Let's celebrate how hard I worked to get that contract. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Moving into the last section of this yeah. episode, let, let's. I'm going to give a quick recap. So, so w- what we're talking about here are the pillars of parenting um, and how we apply them in a healthy way, in a holistic way to ourselves to continue to fuel um, true, deep, authentic connection with ourselves, with others, mm-hmm. with the world. Um, and and you you have identified that we begin this process with an encouraging, which leads to um, a need for some reason to be rescued, uh, but then in a comforting way, um, we're, we're, we're in, uh, then gently corrected, and then we should celebrate, which then should feed to more encouragement to go further. Right, right. Um, and, and all of these terms are shorthand, right? Like of course. Encouragement means... Not only just going forth, but exploring, yeah. being curious, Be curious, engaging the process, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. If someone is listening to this, and, and this is really hitting home, um, no matter where the void is, is, is there a framework that you could share with the listeners that could get them moving in the right direction to identify, to take first two or three steps um, just like in your clinical practice, when you're noticing that this might be a parenting issue, how, how would you engage, regardless of where the void is, um, just to give, give folks who are listening kind of a framework to how to think about just addressing? Ask, yeah, cer- certainly just ask oneself, where's the pain point? You know, where's the discomfort? Mm-hmm. Where's the anxiety? Mm-hmm. Um, usually it's anxiety with this sort of thing, but it could be depression. You know, what's what's my lived inner experience in these areas, right? Like my perfectionist high-level executive types, I don't have any problem with the, the encouragement, the exploration, mm-hmm. but they do sometimes have a hard time rescuing themselves from very hard, very the mean to themselves. dictates of mm-hmm. their own inner perfectionistic kind mm-hmm. of master, yeah. Yeah, to me, at least anecdotally, mm-hmm. um, the inability to rescue oneself seems to be the most common area that I can apply this clinically, and I, no- I that I notice. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and a I great area of opportunity for, for achievers. Uh, that and self-soothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, anxiety is one of these things that's um, a symptom that's just sort of off the charts today. Mm-hmm. You know, so many people with diagnosed anxiety oh, disorders, yeah. which um, it's not a disease in that you can't catch it. It, 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 it can be, it's an experience that can be modulated by, by changing our relationship with ourselves. Yeah, and uh, but especially for a general anxiety. Yes, you know, as right. opposed to like I have anxiety around the idea of driving over a bridge, right, or whatever, right, 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 right. Um, where it's very specific, right. Um, what I call it auditing for friction. That's like the okay. Wen- the Wenzel I language. Like that. Um, I love that. You sure. Just internally audit your your experience and where do you sense friction. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they find that point of friction, wh- wh- where does one go from, okay, I feel like there's probably something here. Wh- where, would, where would somebody take useful steps forward in healing that? Well, I think uh, sort of reverse engineering it. How did I get here? Like what's the origin of this that I can think mm-hmm. of, right? Um, and then uh, beginning to put other practices in place that undo that and and uh, overcome that. Like what? Well, for instance, um, doing um, heart-centered breathing is mm-hmm. a way to learn how to calm myself. Of course, it lowers blood pressure and reduces heart rate and and promotes um, uh, coherence and heart rhythm. And this is an important concept. I'm sure, you, of course, you know this, but but folks might be interested to know that the heart actually sends more information to the brain than the brain does to the heart. Mm. And that when we're engaged in breathing, um, heart-centered breathing, and check out heartmath.com if you want to know more about that, or come see me. Um, but when we're engaged in heart-centered breathing, which is soothing, it sends a message to the brain that puts us in a flow state, mm-hmm. right, where mm-hmm. things are just easier. Mm-hmm. A fog lifts, the fog lifts, focus, concentration becomes sharper, right? And so just learning how to soothe ourselves so that the thing that went wrong isn't a catastrophe, right? Mm-hmm. Just learning how to gently calm myself without needing to take a drink or take a Xanax. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, that's the. I, that's one of the best places to begin. I, I work with so many people who say one of two things: I'm not enough, or I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. Right, and to be mm-hmm. soothe oneself, to get calm, to accept ourselves, to love ourselves. That's where the healing begins for any of these areas, right? There it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I'm grateful that you said that because it's, it's, that's where my mind goes. It's where mm-hmm. my heart goes. Mm-hmm. Um, almost, well, certainly in my experience, which is limited because I don't do this professionally, although it is part of what I'm paying attention to. Of course, to. of course. It almost always seems that some questioning and curiosity from my end, what I'm sensing this um, kind of some friction somewhere in here, Mm -hmm. uh, that it leads to almost inevitably, they're just not very kind to themselves. 
it's epidemic today. Yeah. Yeah, and it may be a rescuing issue. It may be a comforting thing. It may be a correction thing. And it may be a celebrating a significance thing. I'll never be enough. I'm not right. enough. Like, right. it's, it's there, but it's, it's elusive. Like, the origin is a bit elusive. Audit how you talk to yourself. That's a really Ooh, good diagnostic. Like Audit how you talk to yourself. Hmm. Uh, if you say things to yourself like, oh, I'm such an idiot. Yeah. Was, I'm so stupid. I'm so... Woo, we yeah. need we need to work on that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. No, I think that's a fantastic uh, place to kind of wrap up this episode because I think if you, if someone is listening to this, chances are I think that will resonate. That self talk. Beautiful. What is what is your relationship with yourself? Right. Um, as a as a as a real. You cannot you cannot change what you do not first accept and love. Uh, in 2011, I adopt, adopted a West Highland Terrier. He was a backyard breeder's dog. He was kept in a crate. He was just brought out to stud. He was not house trained. I brought him home. He sat in the car seat next to me, hanging his head down. And I thought, oh, I'm bringing my work home with me. I've got <laughs> a depressed little patient here, you know. But when we took care of some physical issues, we started bonding. But, you know, I accepted that little guy. And I loved him just the way he was. And then he started changing. Mm -hmm. And I've learned that about myself. Hmm. I only can change what I first accept and love. Hmm. A mentor of mine, and I've said this before, and I love it, it's all progress begins with telling the truth. Yes. And, and, And being able to notice something true about you and how you feel is a beautiful place to begin a journey. Yes. Um, to acceptance. Yes. Is, let's just be honest. Yeah, exactly. With, with what I'm feeling and who I am. Exactly. So I, yeah. I love that. Dr. Hooper, thank you so much for your wisdom um, and your willingness to share. Um, and I, I hope that this is useful to, to someone. If it's just useful to one person, I think it's worth our effort to Absolutely. put it together. Absolutely. Um, where can people find out more about you if they want to learn more about what you're up to? Probably my website would be the best place. It's simply dr, no period, dr, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, Hooper, H-O-O-P-E-R dot com, Dr. Brian Hooper dot com. Wonderful. Thanks again. Thank you, my friend. I want to thank you so much for your attention. Listen, I don't take it for granted. It means the absolute world to me. You can find out more about today's episode at brentwoodmd.com forward slash podcast. There you'll find the show notes, all the related links to this episode and tons of other resources. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so. And if you've already subscribed, then it would mean so much to me if you left a review. If you think we'd be a good fit to work together or you would just simply like to know more about the concierge services that I provide my private clients, email us at membership at brentwoodmd.com. And now for the obligatory disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute the practice of medicine or the giving of medical advice as no doctor-patient relationship has been formed. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should seek the advice of their own medical professional providers.